Hello and welcome to the third episode of I'm Just Such a Critic, a podcast with two mates critiquing some of TV's most critically acclaimed episodes. I'm Scott. And I'm Shona. And today we're going to be critiquing or having a little bit of an overlook at Stranger Things episode from season four, Dear Billy, which is the iconic one. Um, which everyone was talking about and all the memes are created from from the recent season. Yeah, I feel like when you say it's got that scene in it, people know oh, what you're pe- talking about. People know. Even people who don't know Stranger Things know They know that, that scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. So taking a look at the IMBD description for this episode, you know, just to, just to give people a bit of an insight in case you've been living under a rock for the last year or so... Um, The IMBD for the episode Dear Billy reads, Max is in grave danger and running out of time. A patient at Penhurst Asylum has visitors. Elsewhere, in Russia, Hopper is hard at work. I mean, it doesn't really say too much about the episode, but it does show you all the threads coming together. Yeah, that's true. There's, I feel like the only storyline it hasn't mentioned is what's happening in Lenora? Lenora? Oh, with yeah. the boys and... The boys and the shooting. Oh, the, yeah. There's that. a reason why it doesn't yeah. have that in. I think it's... A... <laughs> but, like, that really doesn't give much context at all in no. Russia. In Russia, Hopper is hard at work. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah. You know. um, and also, just to, just to let people know, this episode has a 9.4 rating out of 10. I mean, mm. obviously, every episode we review from different series will be high, because that's the whole point of this episode, um, these season in the series yeah but yeah 9.4 which is good this is decent it's very strong i do think this has often been described as like the most powerful or best episode of stranger things right yeah um yeah and i think when the episode came out when the when the whole season came out everyone was talking about this episode and and the the scene you know the famous scene at the the end the, the kate bush scene um that everyone's talking about everyone's talking about that scene and saying just how incredible it was and that this was just such a strong episode and i feel like yeah even um even like out of all the shows on netflix this year so far it's like one of the best let alone oh yeah i mean it's constantly in trending and all i need Mm -hmm. i just think why is it still in trending? Surely everyone's already watched it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Who hasn't watched it? Who's keeping this trending? I'm glad it is. It's a great mm. show, but who hasn't watched it? Why is this still... People are just repeating this oh, scene yeah. over and over again? That's probably what it is. <laughs> just, this episode is keeping it trending. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, let's uh, let's dive in. I believe... So, okay, usually we read out a quote from a famous critic that basically gives it the biggest praise ever, and then obviously... Throughout the course of the episode, we will aim to see whether that quote lives up to the hype the critic's given it or not. Mm-hmm. So, show, I believe you've um, hunted down a good enough quote here. Yeah, I've got um, Eric Payne from Forbes said, This was, to put it simply, one of the most outstanding episodes of Stranger Things, period. Throughout seasons two and three, I enjoyed the show, but kept thinking, nothing compares to season one. Well, season four changes all of that, and Dear Billy is the best of the season so far. A true television masterpiece. (laughs) 
So, okay, this is one of the most outstanding episodes of Stranger Things, period. Mm. So then in theory, should that make this podcast episode one of the most outstanding episodes, period? Oh, well. <laughs> Listen and see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shit, now we have to really up our game. Yeah, I know. But... Start, really setting us up, ourselves up there. I mean, you know, we we need to just uh, project some of that outstandingness from the episode into this. Yeah. Um, no pressure. No, no, no pressure. No it's pressure. All, all good. It's all good. I, I, I have to say I do agree with a lot of that quote. I mean, we were already um, saying some of what was said. I hadn't yeah. looked at the quote earlier but like we had already started saying some of that we're saying it's one of the best episodes of stranger things and some of the best tv so far i would definitely say that whole scene was like a television masterpiece oh yeah i mean it episode's done before they agreed with the quote don't think you should analyze it <laughs> um, no <laughs> I... nothing more to say <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week um <laughs> next month um no i i also completely agree uh I've, I always felt this, and I remember always saying to you at the time, season two and three, they kind of, they were good, mm-hmm. and they were good in its own right, but I always felt like they didn't push anything along, really. They they did a lot of personal development, but it didn't really push anything on. We didn't learn anything new. Yeah. Not, I mean, maybe the odd thing, but then they never really took it anywhere. Uh, I felt like both seasons were just trying to repeat the glor- what made season one so glorious and so good. Yeah. And season four took it to a new direction and made it, equally as good in a completely different way without repeating things and yeah and it definitely took it up a notch with like the scariness of it and the villain as yes. well like the villain even from the first i remember because we actually watched this together yes um, the first time the we watched um m- most of the episodes together and i remember we were saying like wow it's already from the first episode with this villain vecna it's scarier than it was before um and it felt a lot more deeper and personal with the kind of metaphor that you have with the Vecna as a villain and like the Vecna curse that it's you know all to do with people feeling some kind they've experienced some kind of trauma they're feeling guilty they've got like anxiety and how Vecna's curse is kind of a metaphor for that and depression and then the curse like the ending of it where they die is like you know, a play kind of on how suicide can be the end result for depression if they, you don't come through that. And um, I feel like that's a very, very deep metaphor and message that they're putting out there. But also the villain itself is scary, scarier than before. Well, it's just like those classic, which is obviously one of the um, themes of Stranger Things as a series mm. and one of the intentions of um, you know, the writers, the, the Duffer Brothers, which is... They go back to those 80s, those famous 80 horror films. Yeah. Or those famous, like, you know, 80 horror, like, vibes. And, of course, they all have deep-rooted metaphors. Like, you know, I think the original Freddy Krueger, you um, you could always... Oh God, I said this with um, the Buffy episodes. So people are going to think I'm obsessed with this theme now. <laughs> but it was... <clears throat> again, that was inspired by Freddy Krueger. So yeah. it kind of does link. But at the time, you know, it was kind of like... Um, this rape theme of this woman walking down on her own, accidentally kind of falling out of consciousness and having this this stronger man completely dominate her and control her because she was in his reality. Mm. And that's ultimately what happens here too. Now, because it's kids, it's less um, of that sexual theme of rape. But as you said, it, it, kids 
are being dominated by another fear mm. and um, another element of being alone, which is the same for the rape theme. Yeah. And that is, like you said, anxiety, fear, depression. Yeah. Basically what most teens go through. Like you yeah. said, it's this, this metaphor. Definitely. And, um, and, uh, and even like he even isolates them just like how depression can make yes. people feel isolated as well. Um, and so... by, by bending the reality around her, and yeah. what I liked is the reality slowly starts to bleed for her. You know, she mm-hmm. sl- slowly um, finds it harder to trust what's real and what's not real. Like when she's talking to her mum, yeah, and she's trying to say goodbye, yeah, and it turns out none of it was real, yeah. And again, like she accidentally slips out of consciousness, mm-hmm. a bit like the Freddy Krueger. But <clears throat> just having that breakdown of reality again is that metaphor for how people slowly break down and how their mental health is slowly chipped away, yeah over time and I thought that was a really clever way of showing that in a really visual element because help we can't see mental health yeah and they've just done a way to show it yeah yeah that that's so true and I thought that was so smart about the whole episode it was just Mm. so it was really smart how they brought all of that to life and and also kind of like um especially I mean if we're going into Again, like, let's go to that standout moment at the end with with Max, you know, with the song playing with mm. Kate Bush and her friends and everything. And um, and all of that being brought together, it kind of shows how... Because, like, the upside down is kind of where um, hope isn't existing. Or, or with Vecna, he's trying to take away all that hope, mm. which is, it, again, a good metaphor for depression. Like, it, if you feel... It's also something I feel like teenagers do lack because Mm. they go through so many changes, whether Mm. that's losing friends or body changes or hormone changes. I feel like, you know, it's quite hard to find a hopeful teen. At least that's how the media portrays it. I can't actually remember myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, they have even more stuff to deal with these days, like climate crisis and having to save the world. I can say it's kind of all down to them to save the world right now, right? Because we can't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) We're too old now. (laughs) Just clean up our mess. I mean, we're not that old. It's not our mess. It's our parents' mess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But clean it up. (laughs) But clean it up. We it, we tried and now it's down to you. We're yeah. passing the so, baton on. So actually, what we're kind of saying is, but, um, the villain here, the Vecna, he he's actually punishing them for not doing enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he kind of says that he's like, "No, you've broken everything. You've ruined everything." Yeah. Which is a lot of like again, um, going back to like that theme. That's a lot of. Uh, anxiety and depression does lie to you. Yeah. It tells you in your head, like... It's your fault. It's your fault. It's not worth... Like, you're worthless or whatever. Or, or um, there's no point in having hope in, or things like that. And he is literally saying those words out loud. Mm. And in, in that scene, you know, after she reads her, the letter to Billy, they even have the actor Billy come back, which I thought was so yeah good. apparently that he filmed so it good. from australia because of covid yeah and it's yeah. done so like the fact he that wasn't that, even there he wasn't yeah. even there but it, it's such a great scene and it kind of reminded me of um a good scene like talking about season three it wasn't didn't live up to this but um a good scene from it was 
you know that bit where he's talking to Elle and he's like, um, we were building it for you. <laughs> and, and, Did you do the voice acting for it? <laughs> um, who, no. who said that? I, I actually, it's been so long since I've watched season three, if I'm honest, I can't remember. I was um, re-watching some of it before this came out and um, there's that scene where, you know, he's the mind flayer and Elle is like, in the little oh, in between bit, and yes. and he's he's like doing this monologue. The same with like the one tear drops down, and he's like talking at eleven, and he's like, "We were building it for you," and um and it, and yeah. it's when he's getting all the people of the town to come together to make one big mush, uh, mind flare. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I need to watch season three again. It's just I remember finishing the season and being a bit like, okay. Yeah. And I enjoyed every moment of it, but I never felt need to rewatch. Yeah. Whereas season four, season it four, had yes. so much info yeah. dumping, but in a really good way that was structured, not in a bad way you would associate no, with info dumping. Definitely. But it was definitely. much needed after four seasons to finally get some explanations, yes. some backstory yeah. to things, yeah. and actually clear answers rather than just theories from kids. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this is the episode that actually starts with those answers, I it think. It does, yeah. <clears throat> I, I agree. And like I thought like that um that scene is well it's similar to that scene back in season three where it was just he it just showed his acting skills I think yeah he was he was great in it and like the fact that he filmed it when he was in Australia by himself is just yeah also, no I've I think I've always liked him ever since he done Power Rangers yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, he is good I was annoyed when he was casting Stranger Things because I was just like. Great. I think that means we're not getting a Power Ranger sequel. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so with this episode, then, like, obviously, like, we've discussed the metaphor, and, that, and obviously, it's uh, quite an obvious metaphor. I'd be quite shocked mm-hmm. if people don't get it. So, you know, I don't think we're saying necessarily anything new there, but it's still important to discuss. Yeah. But what would be your standout moments? Whether that's linked to the metaphor, mm. or whether it's just linked to heroic scenes. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> of course, the the final scene. Obviously, um, where everything comes together, where um, you've also got. If someone didn't say that final scene, (laughs) they're like, actually, I wasn't a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Didn't didn't yeah. like that scene. Don't know what the, all the fuss is about. But then you need to sit back down. Yeah. (laughs) We need to torture you until you like it. (laughs) I would actually question. um, I would question that person and, like, you know, their intelligence. Yeah. Like, just everything about them. I would question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something. It was like, it might be a bit dark, so I'm just going to actually just keep quiet. Um, no, I, I, I too would question... I, I, yeah, I too would question him. Um, but yeah, okay, so well, obviously that scene, that would be your standout. Obviously, obviously that scene is one of the standouts. I mean, just with um, everything that leads up to it, obviously, which I'll, I'll come, in, come back to, but um, where they... Um, Nancy and... Um, What's her name? Uh, oh, mind blank. Um, um, Robin, Nancy, and Robin figure the out one. the figure out that music helps because music. Um, and and again, like this links into the metaphor because something like music can provoke emotions and yeah. like memories <clears throat> and nostalgia and, and get people you, out of depression. Yeah, it like, makes you feel. There are people who sit there and say, um, you know. Madonna saved my life, which mm. is now is making me feel even older and sound even older as I'm using <laughs> the Madonna as an example. Um, yeah, it's Lady Gaga these days. Yeah, yeah, I'm clearly hanging around with like too many old gay guys who just talk, still talk about how Madonna saved them. <laughs> I want to say it's because I'm reading 
um, a book at the moment which mentions that. But anyways, yes. But those people will talk about an artist that saved their lives or helped yeah. them out a period, like helped them come out or helped them get through something. Or, mm-hmm. um, or a specific song. Or, a, yeah. yeah, a song. So I like how they've brought these real-world saving devices into it. Yeah. It's almost like they sat down with a therapist and was like, right, okay, um, how do people get out of their dark depression coma? How does mm-hmm. it? And they sat down and said, well, you know, apart from working through it, you know, music can trigger yeah. you know, emotions and positive yeah. emotions because this episode does both it has the music and she works through it yeah and um i think even uh robin says when she figures out the link with the music she says like oh doctor whatever his name was said that music can reach parts of the brain that yeah. words can't that like other like wor- words can't reach it but music does and i liked that they brought that into it as well mm-hmm. and um i think one of the things that I love about TV and movies is when they have, like, the way that they include music in a scene to amplify the meaning of it so much more and to tell the story even more. And this obviously is so important. The music is so important. It literally is the whole reason, makes the scene. It's the mm. reason why she gets through to her friends at the end. Like, it comes through and survives in the end is because of the music. and. Yeah. Just where it was this completely epic scene. Um, and she is, you know, she's hearing the song and she's having flashbacks to reasons why to stay alive. Because Vecna even, like, talks about how, oh, you you even think about um, wanting to join, join, like, Billy. Like, you think about dying. And she's now, this, this um, song is making her think of reasons to stay alive, reasons, like, for hope, and he's trying to take that hope away. Hmm. And the song is giving, making her think about these hopeful things and these good memories, and I mean, that gets really her out. It's really convenient as well how her favourite song, completely and utterly, almost word by word, reflects her situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really convenient there. Super um, convenient, like, and all that together is just amazing. I mean, yeah, uh, Everyone just, you know, go listen to the song, which you probably have, you know, Kate Bush running up that hill. Like, the lyrics, you know, talking about making a deal with the devil, running up that hill, running yeah. away. Like, it literally reflects that moment perfectly. So thank God that was her favourite song, because maybe if yeah. it didn't reflect that moment, she would have been screwed. I know. And, like, <laughs> how that moment, it just wouldn't have worked the same way if her favourite song was, like, I don't know, I mean... A song I, about standing still yeah. or whatever. <laughs> she would have just stood there and died. I don't like this wasn't out the time I think or like you know like Sir Mix a lot um or Baby Got Back or something like that like, it just wouldn't work the same way I, I don't know I'm now like rethinking of this episode but like with the cha-cha slide and she's like using that to dodge his attack <laughs> Like, you know, slide to the left, she goes to the left. Oh my god, She yes. dodges it. Slide, slide to, the right. to the right, she dodges the next one. Two uh, taps one time. <laughs> don't think it was out at that time, but my god, that would be so funny. Someone needs to make that on YouTube. That would, like, that would be so We just need, someone needs to overlay that scene with as many different songs as possible, just, which just fit, but also don't fit. That would yeah. be hilarious. Um, that would be so good. Maybe I mean, they have, so maybe we need to research that. Yeah, they probably, you know, they probably are... Um, people that have edited yeah. it with like some different song in it that would be I'm quite sure funny. really funny to see see for me like as great as that scene is and as epic as that scene is like mm-hmm. um you know it's as epic as you can get without them actually going on a huge 
Avenger level fight, mm, uh, yeah. especially because they're teens. But and it's so much emotion packed into it. But for yeah. me, that's not my standout scene. Oh, oh, oh controversial! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because I I quite like those emotionally deep scenes, which mm-hmm. pauses and allow us a character to breathe or reflect. Yeah, and not a lot of TV shows allow those moments mm. and I think it's those moments where you really get not just an insight to the character but their development yeah and it's what pushes them forward like that's when mm. you really see they're struggling so it's for me it's when she sits down at the grave yeah. and talks to Billy it's been it episodes coming since he died in season three mm-hmm. we know that she wasn't quite over it but this was her getting closure on it her battle was with Fechner was a, um, a metaphor kind of on mm. her getting that closure and fighting that depression but even though that battle was like the visual representation of it, her sitting at that grave and finally talking to him and apologising and pouring her heart out mm. about how she was hoping they could be friends before he died yeah. and her guilt for not doing anything, that's actually her battle. Yeah. But that is the visual representation of her battle getting through that grief and that depression and finally mm-hmm. getting out of it. But it's that scene where it's... It stands still, or time yeah. stands still for a moment. Not not literally, because that could happen mm-hmm. in Stranger Things. But time stands still. She's there in the grave. It's just her having this monologue with the gravestone, and I just think that's actually her getting over it. That's mm-hmm. that's what us mere, that's how us mere mortals who are not fighting some demon yeah. have to get through our issues and yeah. find closure. True. And True. It, it was such a real raw moment. And like I said, that was actually her her battle. In fact, mm. there was the drama's, you know, the dramatic version of that battle and the drama, you know, dramatised version, yeah. Yeah. Um, which we need in a TV show. But yeah. that was her battle and that was her getting out of it. That's true. And that that's, it is a beautiful scene. And I would say, like, that is what le- built, leads up to and builds into the final scene. And that whole mm. bit is amazing from, oh, from God, the moment yeah. she sits down at the grave. And... And actually, that's um, interesting that you say that because that is true. That is something that we have we do to mm-hmm. battle something like depression or anxiety. That's something that it was. Um, I mean, it was Mental Health Awareness Day the other day, and um, I was seeing like lots of tips on this is how you help mm. deal with your mental. Was any health. of them fighting Vecna? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them was. Like that was number one on the list, obviously. Um, but you know, some of it is exactly what happens in this episode. It's like, you know, listening to music, being with friends, but also talking out loud about your feelings or writing it down. And she literally does that. She writes it down, but then she talks about it out loud. And that actually is a really nice lead on to one of my other favorite standout scenes Mm. is right before that scene. Um, she is about to go to the grave and Lucas stops her. Uh, and yes. he's, um, because obviously the beginning of the episode, she's written all these letters and she gives him one and everyone one. And she's, you know, got this one for Billy that she's about to read. And, and he's like, just stop. Like, I don't need a letter. Your friends don't need letters. I'm here. Your friends are here. I am right here. You're, you're here. And that's important because... Yeah. Like you've just reminded me of something else where you're like, um, sorry, I don't want to like quote some random meme on Instagram, but I'm about to, <laughs> which is, it says something like, when you think about the past, you can get riddled um, with like, you can become sad because you're thinking about things that have happened. 
when you think about the future, you can get anxiety. Mm. But when you think about the present right now, you can handle that. And that was, I mean, it is it, very true, despite it being from an unknown source on some mm-hmm. random meme. But, you know, um, but it is true. And she was getting anxiety and getting, she was already defeating herself because of that anxiety because she was thinking of the future. Mm. And what he said, like that other moment just made like what he was saying was bringing her back to the person yeah like, we are here now why are you why are you saying goodbye yeah and um the fact that she can talk to him and, and i yeah. think um that she can talk to him she can talk to her friends she doesn't have yeah. to but again going back to the depression anxiety metaphor of like it isolates you you think and vecna's saying all this stuff about her being alone which is yeah. kind of what your anxiety or depression tells you and he's saying you don't have to be alone. I'm here. You can talk to me. He was literally the opposite to Fechner in that scene. Yeah. He was the counter. He was giving her that hope. And I think, you know, you you and I have been that person yeah. to uh, even each other or friends where we're like, talk to me. I'm here. I'm mm. here. And um, and you, you just like want someone to know that you're there for them and you can see you can see like when someone's kind of spiraling and he could obviously oh, yes. see that and he was like the, I'm the funny here. thing is as well by watching the whole season you can see that he's seen it from the episode one yeah but he reacted to it by trying to improve his life mm. rather than trying to reach out obviously i think he did try and he got pushed back um but he invested in his life instead of continuing to reach out and continuing yeah. and this was the moment where i think he finally just had enough and Mm, yeah. demanded that he helped and also he could see how much further away she was getting and especially yeah. with the Vecna thing happening now and and um, I think the minute yeah. he found out it was supernatural it gave him permission to be a bit more cold pushy. about it and pushy yeah, and yeah. interfere more yeah um true. but again Vecna is just his representation of someone on the brink yeah and exactly. when people see when people see you sad or upset um they they take a seat back and they think okay I don't know how to handle them or help them. Mm. But when you see them on the brink, everyone Yeah, in. you push you through put, harder. You, you do. And, um, and yeah, and it, it's just, it's such a, I think it's such a lovely scene, like going back to what mm. you were saying about character development and growth and like pushing through that. I, I think this is an amazing moment for his character yeah. where he's reaching out and it, um, it just you know really shows again that whole metaphor of like your friends and like people that love you are there for you and she gets that reminder with the song playing so i thought the whole thing together was just amazing from start to finish where it there's that scene he's saying i'm here you know we're here and um and it's also this thing that you want your best friend or your partner that close person to you to say yeah and i think it's probably the thing she needed to hear yeah um, yeah, because yeah. I think she was reminded of it when she's in Vecna's world, and mm. he—I can't remember what he says—and she's like, "Well, you're not really here." She's because rem- she, yeah. the song has started playing at that point. She Again, sees that her juxtaposition friend. with yeah. Lucas and Vecna. Vecna, and she's like, "Oh, you're not really here." And then when she gets through at the very end, they're like, "Oh, we thought we lost you," and she says, "I'm still here. I'm here." And I love yeah. that whole. That, like how it all that just emphasis together. on mm. what's real, what's not, what's yeah. in her head, where is she? Exactly. So, okay, uh, yeah, those stand-up moments, obviously, um, basically the last half an hour of the, yeah. the whole show is one big stand-up <laughs> moment. It's one big stand-up moment. Uh, which yeah. I can see, I reckon a lot of people watched that whole last half an hour mm. more so than they watched the whole episode. Yeah. But 
what moments did you feel that you felt didn't work? Because mm. for me, it's the whole shooting in the house and the government. Yeah. These special, you know, these specialists, these trained agents failing to take down or capture a bunch of kids in a house not even I mean I know it's their territory but come on like did they not think to surround the house <laughs> properly like it was yeah. just for me I didn't think it worked and I felt it was a little bit too serious you know I can I can accept that imagination love and hope can defeat some demon that's trying to break through into our reality because bullets won't work on him physical mm-hmm. actions might not work on him and the whole you know we've kind of been brought up with you know, thinking that, you know, from a religious perspective, whether you believe or not, everyone's brought up in a society that is religious. And we believe that prayer can vanquish, um, you know, evil and that kind of thing, or or chucking salt over your right shoulder, apparently. I don't even know how that works. (laughs) But um, so to believe that they can vanquish or beat back Fechner with that hope and music Mm -hmm. and happy thoughts, believable. We can buy Mm. that because it's a realm of, we don't understand. Yeah. But to believe that kids can fight these specialist train, a, trained agents, go up against bullets and not just survive and come out unscraped, but get away from them and outsmart them, I just like, uh, I'm, I'm not sold on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it is it's pretty funny how um, the agents, or, well, no, not both agents, because one of them dies instantly gets shot Again, straight away useless. The, the kids survive <laughs> i know they were putting themselves in the line of fire yeah but the, so what i found interesting is that like they had that agent that was going from like being seemingly lazy sitting on the sofa and all of a sudden he was like john mcclain and then he, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was like he was like get behind me and, he, and um all of a sudden he was he was just sitting on the sofa and then he was in action and i suppose like you could argue that, like, oh, well, he's the one that saved them and fought off all the people coming through. Maybe he was just this amazing agent. Oh, maybe. <laughs> and, um, I like that it was whole, one whole camera shot and stuff. Yeah, but, it was no, filmed I know really well. Mean. It was filmed really well for action purposes. It was cool, but I know I know what you mean. It, was, it wasn't realistic, and I know this is a show that's obviously fantasy, so, yeah, we're not asking for but realistic. It's fantasy but... grounded in realism, so yeah. we can believe it can happen. Yeah. And I felt, for me, that jumped the shot. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I also find the Russian scenes a little bit of a snooze Oh, fest. I know. It's a bit meh. Um, it drags on for too long. It's like the whole Russian part at the moment in this part of so far in this in this season, because obviously it does get mm. more exciting in the later episodes. Um uh, it gets yeah, repetitive just not... before it gets exciting. Yeah, it's, it's just no, that's so true, and it is a bit like uh, it's just not up to the same level as whatever else is going on. No, in the that's what it is. Yeah. I think when you have this beautiful metaphor that we just mm-hmm. discussed, yeah, and it ties, it infests you. Everyone can kind of relate to it, and mm. you genuinely are scared for these kids. Then to go to such a realistic place with gunshots, um, military and stuff like that, whether that's these, the um, what happens in the house of the other set of kids or whether it's what happens in Russia, there's too many real things happening against the yeah. against the fantasy element. And ultimately, Stranger Things is a fantasy show. Yeah. And it was just a bit of a snooze fest compared to the funness that Fechner, a real mm. film ball. Like, yeah. come on, they find a film that can literally get inside your mind and... Uh, make you float in the air and kill you and yeah. then we're watching the other people avoid bullets and it's like and, uh, and the yeah. russia thing is 
kind of dragging. I know it's like purpose of bringing the story along, but yeah, it is. It does drag along, along a mm. bit. I mean, it's it's not. I know it's nice when um you think that Hopper's escaped and he's in that church and it's like oh yes he's free and I really wanted to like the peanut butter oh, moment yeah. like you know and he I, and I totally get it I can I can feel his like joy when he gets to taste peanut butter and um <laughs> he's probably had like shit for like stale yes, bread yes. for and water for like months. But all I could think about is how dirty his fingers oh, were. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was just like, ugh, disgusting. His fingers are probably so <laughs> gross and dirty. And he just put them in peanut butter and bleh, gross. Sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I was so uninterested in that scene. I think I snoozed out. I was still focused on the kids. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. just go back to the kids. Please go back to the kids. <laughs> I don't even notice that. Um yeah, I even watching it a second time, I think I was just a little bit like, I'm more interested in the kids. Yeah, get back like, to the kids. Get a move on. Get yeah. a move on. Actually, talking about when we watched it the first time, like I remember um, when we were watching it and we got to the ending scene, we were so hyped up. Like oh God, me and yeah. our, we were watching with our friend Sunny and her boyfriend Leo, and me and Sunny were like holding hands. We were like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> And yeah, and we had to we had to actually stop for like ten minutes before we went on to the next episode. Well, we actually like... rewatched that famous scene again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people did. Yeah, right? I I'm mean, sure. we're not just the only ones. No, I'm I'm sure I'm sure. But but yeah, I I agree with you about the shooting in the Russia. It doesn't live up to the same. No, they. I felt scenes. it let the episode down, and but what I did love. Um, not necessarily about those scenes, but about why those scenes were probably quite important for the episode. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Obviously, balances out the f- more fantasy fight that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure that was needed, but fine. But the whole thing feels like a season final, and it isn't. Mm. And because of that, it does make the next episode feel a bit more weak. Yeah, because it's almost like that's the premiere again, and it's yeah. slow moving and builds yeah, up again. True. But. It feels like a season final because you have all those points getting to a climax and everyone is in danger from those bullets. In Russia, you know, he he finally escapes just like he would in the final. Or a mid-season final. Or, or mid-season yeah, final, yeah. Yeah, as well as a mid-season one. I, yeah. I wonder if, like, originally it was meant to end there before they released the part rest. two. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, and they just kept going. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like a mid-season final mm-hmm. um, or a, 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 a final of a series. Yeah. And I could see him like being recaptured, being that cliffhanger, mm, whereas everything yeah. else kind of got rounded off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, true. Um, but it makes it, it it definitely upped the stakes and made it more powerful. It was mm. just I found those scenes a bit more of a snooze fest when it come to the big battle. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, that, in comparison to everything else, it's also just more on. fun to watch a thirteen-year-old girl or fourteen-year-old girl dodge these you know falling building parts than it is to watch someone run away from bullets yeah true it is it is more interesting because <laughs> it's it's not like because it, it is fantasy as well and it's um and the kids are they act their asses off like they're amazing oh yeah they're incredible um like i love even in that the whole last scene you know the last half an hour like i love like the other, you know, we're talking a lot about Sadie Sinek and, um, or however you say her last name, but, um, the, the others like Dustin 
when they're like, go, like, go, go, like, contact the others, contact Robin and Nancy, and like mm. he like rolls off and he like falls off the grave and he's like running oh, and then he God, like yes. gets the walkie-talkie and he's like code red and then like for even more dramatic effect he like pulls the antenna up even higher and he's like <laughs> come on Robin but see that's only that ups the stakes without yeah. the need of bullets so it shows they don't yeah. need to take it to such a place to True. up the stakes and I think watching kids kind of like have that creative flair mm-hmm. in in how they contact each other and where the stakes are like that's better writing than someone running away from bullets i think yeah i mean i still there was still there was a moment that i did enjoy actually um with uh in lenorna with like mike and um uh oh what's the name will with mike and will and Mm. stuff is because um when they're they're talking in the bedroom and mike actually has a moment of self-awareness this is actually a good character moment for mike he actually does good by saying... Like, I was just about to say, what would be, like, your favourite character, like, nice. moment? Yeah. So, mm. yeah, we've kind of... I mean, yeah. we kind of discussed that anyway, like you said about Lucas earlier. Of course, And yeah. I said, like, my, you know, um, Max being at the yeah. gravestone. Yeah. But, um, so I feel like they would be my moments, but, yeah, what would... So I completely agree with you on those ones um but yeah extra ones so i loved um i actually thought it was a nice moment of when mike has this self-awareness and he's like sorry i was being like a pitying oh yeah dick earlier or something self-pitying dick or something and he's like oh it's fine and um he's actually being self-aware and he and he's saying you know i'm sorry that i haven't been more of a friend to you will we like accountability we like accountability (laughs) you know everyone we can all be dicks sometimes but it's good when you have accountability and Mm. you notice that and you're being and you're like i'm sorry i i you know i wasn't being a good friend i suppose i was worrying about l etc and and then they sort of have that coming together moment which you have in every season where they start coming together and start realizing like another reason why it feels like a final because it happens in the final it's like i guess it's up to us it's going to be up to us again isn't it and jonathan's like yeah then we can't stay here and it's all like yeah (laughs) like coming together and I do love that moment. And, it um, does make you want to go grab your friends yeah. and go and find a demon and beat the shit out of it. Like, let's, let's do that <laughs> after this episode. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people have tried to summon demons just to beat the shit out of it afterwards. Yeah, obviously. Ever since watching this. Obviously, we tried after watching this episode with Sunny and Leo, um, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> or did I think it? I fell asleep, so <laughs> maybe I missed it. But um, hey, all because it's in your head doesn't make it any less real. True. Maybe I dreamt you just it. Just done it all in your head, just and, like Max. True. Very true. And um, but I also love the Erica when um, what's that guy? That guy Jason came to the door oh, and she yes. totally snubs him, and he's like. Where's Lucas? We were meant to go out. She's like, go out. I see he's taking a step down from Max. And like, I just Brilliant. love that whole thing. Where she I mean, everything just she to... says is usually well loved. Yeah. I will clever. say, I think they took too long to give her a bigger role in this season. But then it paid off when she did get more of a role. Yeah. Um, and there probably is too many characters now to mm. even it out and fan yeah. it out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But still, she's iconic. She's iconic. She's a fan yeah. favourite. Yeah. Like, you know. She has the best one-liners. Yeah. I mean, she's better than bloody Moody Max. Yes. Not Moody Max. Sorry, no. Max is the one we went to feel sorry for. Uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike. 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 Like, yeah. oh, God, he's such a drain. Yeah. He's such or, a drain. Do you mean Will? 
I mean, my, both, of both, them, of them, both of them. Both of them. They're such a dream. Yeah. Will more so. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least he kind of has reason. I mean, he kind of did have a really fucked up childhood. Yeah, he's been through a lot of trauma. So even the, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Mike, he's just Mike he's can just, just be really ugh. ugh. Yeah. That's why I appreciate that moment of his accountability. So it was like, oh, there's an, actually a good moment of Mike because he yes. can be so annoying. Oh my god. In, like, I know, different episode, but the episode before with Elle and that girl that was bullying her, and he was like, oh, like, what did you do? And it was, like, all, like, on Elle. And I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, Mike. Like, she was being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to put it all on Elle. Typical Mike. <laughs> Typical, Typical Mike. Mike. What have you done? What have you done? <laughs> so, um, I feel like that's, like, his line throughout the whole series he's yes. like what have you done oh what have you done but um but they, yeah he can be a bit meh this show is so good at writing characters and defe- and developing them and i think that's why one of the reasons why it's so successful because the character development is um at front and center of every storyline mm. and anything that else that happens in the background only helps to push that yeah but my god does mike not really ever learn <laughs> oh i know and i feel like he- this series season he does more he does but he does it in the most painful way like i know he's a teenage boy and you know it's hard for any man or boy to take accountability especially in the 80s but no i'm sorry he was just he just took too long thank god l distanced herself from him before he got too toxic <laughs> he he was able to learn and grow for why for when she, before she got back yeah but... well they yeah yeah in those few days he really <laughs> stepped up i mean to be fair i would too if i had people shooting at me yeah, i would yeah, i would honestly true. rethink my life and help my actions and be like do you know what i'm perfect yeah no no <laughs> do you know what that's fair he does he has some traumatic moments yep. and he's forced to grow up in those moments we wouldn't normally have people shooting at us or having to run away or trying to save the world in in a few days. I so, mean, yeah, no, that's not fair. since since I've like been a teen, I've not had that at all. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. I feel I thought every teen goes through that. Well, you, I guess you had it um, not too long ago. You know, when you were trying to steal from bloody Oxford Street. What? <laughs> All those police officers coming at you with those guns. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about an, a real thing. I was like, oh my god, like I don't remember my life correctly. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just implanting fake memories. Oh yeah, my god, no, I've I'm become like, fake now. Qu- I'm questioning, <laughs> questioning <Yeah>. my reality. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, you're you're right. Like. Obviously, people don't really get shot at in real life. Um, well, that often. That often. Or, or, or most people. Or ever, if yeah. you're, you know, unless you're in the States. Yeah. But, um, yes. So, therefore, yes, when you get shot at, when your life is in danger, you are going to rethink that. And we wouldn't know because we haven't been in that situation. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. I would imagine that is the case. Like, you, I you, imagine that would make you yeah. have to grow up pretty quickly. Yeah. And like really have In to... a day or two, like yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, like, like Mike does. So like, fair enough, I guess, like, that's kind of realistic in that sense. Like, he, he really does have to think about yeah. it. And also, um, in, before, he was already sort of questioning his behavior before the shooting bit because Elle has been taken away. Because the beginning oh, of the yeah. episode starts with the those agents coming and saying, you know, Elle's gone with... Um, Doctor, forgot his name. <laughs> like Elle's gone away, um, and you know, and she's like, "Oh, I need to become a superhero again." And 
That also, I think that's so sweet. It's so cute when she's the letter. She's like, "I've gone to be a superhero again from L, again, not love he, L from, from L. L." And that was the big thing <laughs> for him. But again, yeah. she felt like she had to be a superhero because he, because of he, his treatment. I know he does sort of put her on a pedestal. A yeah, bit. and I think where she actually that's a really good point because in the episode before, you can kind of you can see how she's feeling like. I'm nothing without my superpowers. You think I'm a superhero and yeah. and now I'm not and I feel like worthless, like nothing. And um yeah, that I that's actually not the same episode, but that would be one of my standout moments from the whole series is that mm. that bit between those two where she accuses him of not saying I love you and and he's like you're incredible, you're a superhero and she's like not anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a really great scene. So I like how this episode does start with that like she's like from Mike, from Mike, from Mike, and and it starts with like he reads the letter like I've gone to be a superhero from L. Yeah, yeah, and he has, and you know that also wouldn't normally happen to a normal everyday teenager where you haven't said I love you and the con and not necessarily the consequence of that mm. is her going away, but then suddenly your partner is taken away no. by these agents and you might not see her for weeks or months. No, true, no. I, I imagine most teens haven't gone through that. No. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so are we kind of in agreement then with... The, I mean, we kind of answered it at the beginning, so I guess we don't even need to say. But we, we kind of agree with that with that quote. It does. This episode does live up to the hype and the acclaim, right? I completely agree, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it put so. it back on the map. I think so, yeah. I think just as the quote said, and as we've been saying, seasons two and three mm. were good, but not to the same level as season one. And this episode is really where you... Yes, it goes back to that greatness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agree. Completely agree. Well, cool. Okay, well, that kind of sums up Stranger Things then. Yeah. We, we are in agreement. It's a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone should watch it. And hopefully next season... Uh, which I think might be coming next year or the year after, mm. they can they can build something just as iconic yeah. or a scene or an episode that's keep... just as iconic. Yes, I agree. I hope they keep this same level of how great it is. Yeah. And they do more iconic scenes in well, episodes like that. One thing I do want to know before we wrap mm. is what would be your song? Oh, yeah. We if, if you yes. were... Being held mind prisoner by Fakna, mm-hmm. what would be the song that you think would break song. you out? So, I have a few. That... Okay, no, you can't have a few. You've got to choose one. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of time and for, for the, the sake, sake of, of like knowing what to do when you know, I can't be googling loads of different artists if ever you you need help. <laughs> yeah, you need to know this for my survival. That's true. Yeah, you need to have like one main one. So. I really love, um, I really love, so my number one would probably be, uh, this song called Dermot by Fred again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called, it's like, see yourself in my eyes. Is it called Dermot? Yeah, I think it's see yourself in my eyes. And, um, and actually I, I love that song so much and actually the meaning because I'm all about mm. like meaning and stuff too and lyrics and everything. And the meaning with that song is it was for someone, it was kind of for someone that committed suicide. Uh, it is, okay. it is kind of a, a about that. And it's where, um, cause it's when you want to tell someone how amazing you think mm. they are. And like, 
if only you could see yourself through my eyes. I see, yeah. And yeah. um, I just, I love the whole meaning behind the song, and I just love the song so much. I think I've listened to it, like, a million times. Okay. So um, that would be the one that would... That would be that the would one. reach you when words come. Yeah, and I, so, I there are two other songs from you know childhood like it's nostalgia mm. that I love in the because I think yeah I think it'd be more the childhood mm. nostalgia song that would reach me because mm. um, there's loads of great songs that yeah. are out now and like a lot of them can touch me or apply to different parts of my life at different times. Yeah, Mr. Brightside, well, the killers takes me back to my clubbing mm. in my childhood days before I had any issues yeah. and problems. And you do love that song. I do, but at the same time, like I can honestly say, I haven't listened to it in the last five years. But it mm-hmm. takes me back to that place. Yeah, um, memories. Yeah, mm. um, it is obviously greatly overplayed now, but it takes me back to that place from when I was like 16, 17, mm. maybe even 15, yeah. when it was just pure happiness, me going mm. out for the first time with friends and exploring myself. But I don't know. I don't know what mine would be, actually. It, it is a really, it is a hard one because it's basically like what song would like save, save your, your life. life. Yeah. Or kind of what's your favourite song ever. But I suppose it's also... It's easier for a teen to wrap that up because yeah. teens put a lot more emotions into things because mm. they're not as logical. They haven't developed that skill properly yet. Mm. Um, there's a quote from an episode of Sabrina, which I like the original series, which I always love, where she has to sacrifice her life for Harvey um, by doing these trials, and only if it was true love would she win. And she won. And then um, the two aunts were talking, and she's like, "Did you know she was going to win that trial? Did you know they were true loves?" And she was like, "At sixteen. It's always true loves, even if they're not. But mm. be that at 16, you believe you're, it's a true love. Yeah. So therefore, because you believe it, it is. Yeah. Even if it's not. But as an adult, you can see it's probably not. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that kind of similar thing with a song. Mm. Like, yeah. at 16, a song you just love in that moment can probably save your life. Yeah. Because it, that will be your love. Yeah. But um, as you get older and you go through more, and like I said, you can relate to different songs more. Yeah. It's a little bit harder to choose. No, that, right? that's true. And... um. And I guess, like, because I remember actually asking some people this question when the episode first came out, and um, some people were thinking, like, oh, it has to be my favorite song, but actually, or yeah. it has to be, like, a happy song, but actually it doesn't. It just has to be the song that provokes emotion. That provokes emotion. And it but is, like, is it wise to provoke a sad emotion Probably when you're on the not. brink of that? Probably not. You don't want... <laughs> it, well, what you want is to feel something else. Yeah, true, It just needs true. to feel something else besides this hopelessness. Yeah. And, like, aloneness. And actually talking about... Maybe mine's the Pokemon theme tune. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, um, our ending theme tune might provoke some kind of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> it, it won't, I know. <laughs> but, um, cool. I, I believe... Um, I actually can't remember what we're talking about next episode, but tune in anyway. Oh. Shit's Creek, is it? Perhaps it's, yes, I think it's Shit's Creek. I think we're going to juxtapose this with a comedy. Yeah. um, Before doing Lost. Yes. Or Lost next week. Anyway, there'll be another one next month, so. Yeah. um, So tune in next month. Tune in. And hope you've enjoyed talking or hearing us talk about Stranger Things. Yeah. um, You can always, if you have more to say, or um, you can always message us as well, DM us. To let us know what your thoughts are. On our Insta. On our Insta, on our Insta, yeah. But more importantly, just hit subscribe and rate and don't put anything negative or bad. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>